On this week's episode, we bring you the case of the Boston Strangler and review the 1968 movie about his infamous murder spree. So work on your knot tying skills and meet us in the pod shed. We're choking down dirty martinis and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode of THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. Hello, and thank you for calling Bailey Phone. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you didn't miss us. (laughs) I hope you did miss us. I hope you're psyched to hear from us again. I know another two-week break. Somebody had to go to Las Vegas. Yeah, and this is probably a good fair warning that with summer coming up and us having kids and the world's getting back on track, we're probably going to be hitting it like every other week. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. There's going to be some. We can squeeze in some long weekends here and there, fortunately. Yeah, but... there's going to be some weird weeks because summer gets chaotic, um, especially I have a thousand kids. I have to figure out where they're going and what we're all doing. But, you know, we'll work it out because um, you guys are a priority too. part of the fam. took a break last week because B had to go to Vegas to celebrate her friend's birthday. Don't worry. Everybody's waxed, waxed and. Ready to chillax. You know it. What a fucking shit show, man. And even being like vaccinated, everyone still had to like wear their masks and stuff, right? A lot of the time, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't go to an airport and not have a mask on. Mm-hmm. The whole time you're on a plane, everything. I'm so excited. It feels like things are slowly but surely getting back to some idea of normal. I guess the hard part is, is that even though all of us can agree that we're ready to get our life back to normal, all good portion of us are not willing to go back to the way things were in the workplace. And I think that's fair. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the struggle for a lot of restaurants right now is they've got the people wanting to come to their restaurant, but they don't have the staff. Yeah, that's rough. I was thinking more of like office jobs that you could clearly do from home and do like at your own pace or on your own time or whatever. And it's like, why the fuck am I sitting in an office doing this when I can obviously do this at home? Just right. Fine. So that's really interesting. Cause like, for instance, um, I just found out that the main bank branch on like our downtown area, mm-hmm. which I've been referring clients to, like, this is the main branch. This is where you should go for help. They're closed. <laughs> Whoops. Because <laughs> they don't have anyone to fucking staff the place. Yeah. And that's, that's the main branch. That's crazy. Yeah. I go, I bank at a different bank and I went to our downtown location because it's close to my salon. Yeah. And it was really funny. The wait was a long time because I think it's a lot of new people. Yeah. And then the thing I was asking for was a pretty simple thing. And the guy. And you blew their minds. <laughs> well, and the guy was super sweet and he was super, he was great, great customer service, but he had no clue to do what I was asking. And I'm like, it's cool. Like he went and got his manager and she did it for him. But it was just really funny. I was like, well, now I know why the line took so long. Right. So Damn. probably the same problem, right? Of the course. other workers were like, mm. all right. So last week, I don't even know why we were such a mess, but we cut it short. I know we both had to pee. Last episode. Yeah. Last episode. Two weeks ago. I didn't have time to give you presents. Oh, my God. So what now, is this for? For us. It's okay. for the shed. Okay. And And one's because you asked for it. Oh, shit. All right. Present time. So you asked for this a million years ago. What is it? 
Oh, what is it? For your nieces and nephew wall. Oh. <laughs> the latest school picture. It's a picture of my sweet little niece, Violet. Which is not her best picture, but it's still a moment. But it's Very so worth capturing. And yeah. she's holding a book that's called The Gatsby Pass, which we've talked about on this episode. Yeah, her of course. latest school pictures. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. It is. So even, I think it's a good picture, B. I don't. I know. It is. It's just, it's a fake smile. That's yeah, the only thing that gets me. But it's a definite moment, right? Oh, it's I can't a, wait to frame it. It's a vibe. It's so cute. Uh-huh. Hold on, let me put it away before you get the next one. And then the next one is for us in the pod shed because we are approaching summer and we are so fucking lucky right now. The weather is insane. What is it? An air conditioner? Oh my God. And a of course, mesh screen? <laughs> it's the magnetic mesh from like as seen on TV. Yes. So now you got your clapper from the 90s. I was very sorry. Our magnetic mesh from the 90s. Did you get this from the same box that you're keeping the clapper in? It was in the garage. Who knows? It very well could have been in the same box. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll have Lou put it up. Yeah. So it's one of those. I'm sure you guys know what they are. It's like a, a like a mesh screen that you can put up in any door and it has like little magnets that keep it closed. Mm-hmm. So that way we can keep the door open in the pod shed in the summer. When we're sweating balls out here. Although I'm sure you guys will still get some sweet, sweet bedroom episodes. Oh, it's going to happen. We got to be can't die. <laughs> we can't die. It's so bad. Love it. What a great pod shed present. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this week we're headed into June and we've had sprinkles and wind and overcast shadows. and It's a little weird. It's everything. It's great, but it's a little disconcerting. So I have a question follow up from last week. So we ended it or the week before um, the last, last episode. episode, we ended it prior to Mother's Day the day before. Yeah. And we drank so much for Mother's Day and did so little. I know that's <laughs> I was going to talk about Mother's Day next. So, so yeah, what do you got? My question for you is what's your review on the Quesalupa? What did you think? I was too drunk to <laughs> really take in the quesalupa. I didn't mind it. I felt like the, it was a little soggy. Well, by the time I got to mine, it was a little soggy. True that. And I don't think the Taco Bell did a very good job. Like mine was really lacking. In okay. Meat so and let's stuff. give people some <laughs> background because they have no idea what we're talking about. Um, the last time we recorded was because we record on Saturdays. So then the following Sunday was Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. We had a great Mother's Day. We had a really good time. I was actually, I've been waiting to ask you about Mother's Day until we got on air yeah because i've only seen you like twice right since mother's day True. it's been absolute chaos yes um so how was your mother's day be i loved it i did- got exactly what i asked for i i did learn a few things which i thought was hysterical my husband doesn't know how i take my coffee interesting because <laughs> he went and got the donuts and so they bring me the donut and he made me a cup of coffee and now you're talking about the coffee at home or yeah. the coffee from like a place from anywhere probably just in general but this just is like, coffee he made for me at home it's just with heavy whipping cream right? exactly but he used the creamer that i get for violet for when i make violet Listen, how do i know your coffee better <laughs> but if we're going to starbucks it's one pump sugar-free vanilla and Correct. heavy whipping cream absolutely which he probably wouldn't get either so we died laughing over that because i'm like what the fuck did you put in my coffee? And he's like, your coffee creamer? I'm like, you mean our child's coffee creamer? Like, you think I drink sugary whatever coffee? this is yeah, I'm like, every what? morning? Uh-huh. So that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. And then, yeah, we... 
I'm so I'm pretty sure every episode's an hour and a half of this new season of Married at First Sight that we're really? watching. I don't think so. I think I'm down to like hour long episodes. I feel like mine are maybe because I'm watching it on Sling. The amount of ads is oh, making the amount of commercials. It. Yeah, because that shit we got through two episodes and it, it felt we like it was all day, all, all day long, <laughs> and it was only two episodes of Married at First. We Sight. didn't even get to watch everybody get married. Season eleven, right? <laughs> yes. I'm obsessed with the season. Yeah. Um, it's great so far. But yeah, we just wanted to lay in bed, watch Married at First Sight, drink, which we definitely did. Amen. Dude, I was such a mess by the time I left your house. Yeah. It was, that's why I was going to ask you. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just me. No. Mm-mm. Or if you were right along there with me. So I didn't end up eating my Taco Bell. I think I slept. Yeah, well, I fell asleep too. Well, Nick and Violet ate Taco Bell, and then I woke up for bedtime. We did bath and bedtime, and I ate mine like at nine o'clock yeah. when, when she was going to bed. Yeah, so uh, Lou made us barbecue burgers, which is what I asked for. Right. I demolished a burger. Of course. Because I came home from your house. You're and like in my face ready. immediately. I demolished a burger. I remember it being delicious, and then I went and fell asleep. Yeah. And I remember Violet coming over with my quesalupa. Uh-huh. I'm like, great, put it on the table. I went back to sleep. And then I finally woke up, I think maybe around nine or 10. Uh-huh. And I wasn't even hungry, but I was drunk. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I got to eat the quesalupa. Uh-huh. It's here. Yes. So I ate it and it just wasn't great by the time I ate it. It was a little soggy yeah. and I didn't feel wonderful about it afterwards because I wasn't very hungry to begin with. So you're like, I did all that for what? Uh-huh. And I just went back to bed. Yeah. Mother's Day night well spent. I just wanted to make sure that you were as big of a mess as I was because I was like, I was a fucking train oh, yeah. wreck when I got home. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Great I can't remember time. what all we, we drank. We we put a dent in it. We, we did like a bottle and a half of wine. And champagne. Oh, we did champagne. And we did tickety-tockities. We did a couple tickety-tockities. Yeah. It, a mess. Um, <laughs> fucking a great mess. time. Mm-hmm. We finished that bottle of vodka. What? Yeah. It was like a full bottle, wasn't it? Yeah. Not the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's there might be crazy. a shot left, but yeah. Uh-huh. How? <laughs> so anyways, that was our crazy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, Mother's Day episode I thought was really great. We did... Mommy Gypsy. drunk and dearest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose Blanchard mm-hmm. and her fucked up mom. Yeah. And you really you really got me with that whole fiance thing. That was a... Oh, on our IG. Yeah. I didn't um, see that coming. THC podcast on Instagram. Check it out. I always post pictures of the case, pictures of Bees Look of the Week. Plus, I always, you know, I'll post other things, stuff from our personal lives, memes and whatever. Um, but yeah, I surprised B with pictures of that case that she has a fiance now, which mm-hmm. I didn't know when we recorded. Oh, no. I and know. I didn't realize. Yeah. So I went to go do the pictures afterwards. I'm like, fiance. Yeah. OK, Gypsy. That was a fun little surprise. It was crazy to see her like air quote healthy. Yes. And like she's so pretty. She is. There think of what And she, her hair? Great. I know. Like think of what she could have been if she would have had like a normal sane mother. She could have like probably really been something. Absolutely. Cuz she's well spoken. Yeah. She seems kind. So, who knows? Absolutely. Who knows what she would have been if she would have had a semi decent mother? And to be fair, so what? She's eligible for parole in the next 2 years. Mm-hmm. So, Coming up. yeah, let's see what kind of person she will be. Yeah, let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she'll be fine. Yeah. I think it was a real fucked up thing that happened to her. And and to see, again, the support from her father, who's still fucking present in her life. And 
uh, her mom's family. Yeah. Who I was know. like, yeah, you should have killed her. <laughs> right. And then we should have flushed her ashes because uh-huh. we fucking hate her. You know? So there's that. So, yeah. Anywho, um, hey, if you guys can take a minute to leave us a five-star review on wherever you're listening to this, it helps us a lot. If you've already done that, we appreciate you. We love the comments. If you want to drop a comment letting us know how to do that so we yeah. can do that for ourselves because I don't even know how to do that, but that'd be great. Thank you for all the comments, you guys. I try to interact with all the ones that I see that I can get to and... Um, if you see THC podcast interacting with you on social media, that's me. Em, I'm talking to you. So thanks so much. We really appreciate the love we've been getting. It's been really, really cool. That's fun. Um, anything else, B? I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, let's. I want to get into our rules or our little drinking our, game. Our game tonight. Yep, because I definitely want to do my shameless plug again because I'm going to have a lot of those. Yeah, because you didn't have very many last time. Oh, there were a few. I didn't necessarily reference specific episodes, but I definitely like drop numbers. But I definitely So anytime make- B references an old THC podcast episode, mm-hmm. take a drink. We're talking about our drinking game now. Take a drink. Um, and how about anytime um, I say the word strangle? Or strangled. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. So take a drink anytime you hear that. Okay. Um, Because, for instance, I have spoken in a few past episodes about Nick and I. We were watching the show Big Sky. Yep. With Ryan Felipe, right? Correct. Uh Uh-huh. But I had mentioned there was the sheriff who had the wife who I knew I recognized. And she was in Silence of the Lambs. Correct. Yes. Yes. Brooke... Uh, I can't remember her last name, but yes. So she's the girl from Silence of the Lamb who was in the hole, Brooke Smith. So since like the beginning of that show, we took a break because it felt like it was going in a totally new direction, even though they're still in their first season. Mm-hmm. And we stopped to watch The Circle on Netflix, okay, which we loved. That has now ended so we went back to big sky new episode new family like new introduction of characters again same thing i'm like i fucking know this dude oh like the voice the face everything about him's driving me crazy and like i was thinking maybe like craig t nelson whatever i imdb it it's fucking buffalo bill <gasps> stop it no I'm why are d- they hiring all of the science right? of the and he has nothing to do with the sheriff's wife's character i wish he i wish he would right at least not yet maybe maybe they'll what tie them in her so the fucking her in girl in the hole and buffalo bill are both in the show both in the first season and have no fucking relation to one another all we can hope is that buffalo bill's character kidnaps the sheriff's wife i guess Plot twist. Right. The sheriff's wife ends up being crazy and she kidnaps Buffalo Bill's character. It could, keeps him in a well. Right. It could absolutely happen. So there you go, motherfuckers. So you could take update. that back to our Silence of the Lambs episode. Oh. And also, so that would have been episode 33. But the last episode we watched just the other night, they dissolve a body in a barrel. Wow. Like the bodies in the barrels? Episode 18. <laughs> that is so funny. Episode 18 feels like a thousand years ago. And, and so, also Dahmer. Yes, absolutely. And so then I'm on TikTok and some guy is reviewing the movie Snowtown. 
Wow. And he's talking about what a great movie it is. So I drop a comment. And I'm like, if you want to hear what a shitty movie it is, listen to our <laughs> podcast. Amazing. Listen to like, episode If you want to break down of why that's an awful, awful movie. movie. Because I gave it a one star review. I know. And it's like critically it's acclaimed. No. But people love that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Which why? explains why I don't like it. Why? Yeah. So, um, there you go, guys. Fantastic. <laughs> All good things. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? No. I can I it? can leave it for now and we'll see if we have time for Married at First Sight. Because <laughs> we'll I see. because I didn't have to watch a movie this week, I watched like eight episodes. Oh, so you're probably ahead of me now. I think I'm Because I haven't watched it all week. Okay. So we might even just be like caught up. So we'll see if we can get to that at the end. I but know, priorities. I'm, I'm busy this weekend, so I don't even know how much Married at First Sight I can even watch right. this weekend. Our, our main podcast begins with the crime, but for the real fans, you know what the part two is. That's goes. our only fans account. Right, yeah. Married at first sight, second half. <laughs> The reels know. So I don't even know what episode we're on. Is this 40? No. Last week was 40. Because you did 29 mm. instead of 39. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this so is we're on 41. 41. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Boston Strangler, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize was such a heavy hitter. I didn't realize what a big deal the Boston Strangler was. It's like one of those ones where you hear it. Like just in pop culture in general, you hear people mention the Boston Strangler. Yeah. But I actually had no idea about... Like who he was severe. or how horrific his crimes were. Mm-hmm. And B, what movie did you watch? The Boston Strangler. Wow. From mm. like 1968. Which is crazy because his shit was popping off in the early 60s. Okay. So they made this movie. Right on time. Quickly. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, that was one of my questions. So yeah. So I got all my information, of course, from a two-part episode of one of our favorite podcasts, Serial Killers. Mm. We've mentioned them a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great, super informative. Where they get their information, I have no idea because I just I don't take notes from the podcasts. Right, I listen to them just so it can like marinate in my brain. With what just, you like, retain, I can mm-hmm. be in that world and like think about it, and then I do my own research. Yeah, the shit they have on their podcast, I can never find just like online. So they must be doing deep dives of like FBI files and newspaper reports. And Interesting. You know, because when you actually look it up online, there's not a ton of information about the Boston Strangler. And there's the same like basic overview online over and over and over again. But I couldn't find a an article or a site that was doing like a deep dive. That's really interesting because for me, I was mentioning to you, this is the first time I have had not the first time, but like maybe the second time I had to buy a movie. Yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere on my million (laughs) streaming platforms right interesting and there's a 2008 version as well there is yeah that i really wanted to to watch and i see it advertised on amazon prime but it says this movie is currently unavailable so i'm like what the fuck is in that movie that they had to pull it off the internet and i can't find it for real it's almost like it doesn't exist have you imdb'd it to see if they actually finished it I have. And they, yeah. Sometimes when I'm looking up a case versus a movie to see if we can even do an episode, I'll get psyched because if you like Google it online, it looks like a movie exists. And then if you do a deep dive, it'll be like, it never got finished. It never got released. Okay. You know? Yeah. So it might be a movie... 
that never officially got released. Which could be the case, but there was very little IMDb on either of these movies. Weird. So it's like, What's like, going on with the like Boston Strangler? The actual facts and the movies, it's very bleak. Mm. You don't get a whole lot on the feels internet. It feels like a cover up. It does, and I love that. feels like a cover up. All right, let's get into so, it. So I'm not going to have like... A ton of facts. Because there aren't any that we know of. I could go through every single one of his <coughs> murders, but it's, again, going to be a lot of, like, repeating myself. It is. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let's get into it. So the podcast Serial Killers, great podcast. They have lots of facts. Fantastic. And then, um, obviously, Wikipedia. And then an article from Crime Museum, oh. which is great. So, and by the way, this could have been, this could have been our lucky 13 episode. Because of the There's number. There's 13 victims, yeah. which we missed that. But I'm, I am happy that we kept it with Columbine because we were also 13 years old when Columbine happened. For sure. So that feels a little bit more personal. <laughs> um, but there's 13 victims. Also, it could have been my birthday episode because a lot of this stuff happens like around my birthday weekend. Oh, see, I didn't get that in the movie. Not all of it, but yeah. a lot of it. Mm-hmm, like when were... I was listening to the podcast, it was a lot of like June 26th, June 27th, June 30th. And yeah, I'm like, they were Whoa. within yeah, weeks of one another. Uh-huh. No, I could see that for sure. All right. So from June 1962 to January 1964, 13 women ranging in ages of 19 to 85 are found dead in the Boston area. They're found murdered in their own homes. They've all lived alone. They've all been raped and sexually assaulted. Some of them have been raped with foreign objects. Mm -hmm. They've all been left nude and on display. They've all been strangled and they've all been left with an object tied around their neck and left in an intricate bow. A lot of the times it's nylon stockings, could be a bathrobe tie, could be a pillowcase, Mm -hmm. but they all have this, uh, some sort of object left around their neck, tied in a bow, like a little present. So a few years before this murder spree happens, there's a sex offender on the loose. He's on a tear through the Cambridge, Massachusetts, Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Greater area. He's a smooth talking man in Mm. his late 20s. He's going door to door and he's telling women that he's a talent scout for a modeling agency and he thinks that they could be a model. And all they got to do is let him in. Listen, all he's got to do, take some measurements of their bodies. And when he starts measuring their bodies, he fondles them and sexually assaults them. And then like, leaves right okay. also a little dommery right Grinning. there's a lot of dommer similarities to okay because i didn't catch that vibe watching the movie but immediately just listening to you i'm like okay feels very dommery mm-hmm. so march 1960 a man is arrested for breaking and entering into a an apartment this man is albert DeSalvo, and he immediately confesses to being the measuring man, which is Ooh. what they've deemed him in the papers. Okay. Albert DeSalvo is <clears throat> born in Chelsea, Massachusetts, September 3rd, 1931. Hey, everybody, guess what? His dad is a violent, piece abusive, of alcoholic piece of garbage. Ba, 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 ba. 
Um, he has, I think he's either one of five or he has five brothers and sisters. But, uh-huh. you know, there's some brothers and sisters running around. He watches his dad. Not only does his dad obviously verbally and physically abuse the kids, he beats the brakes off Albert's mom. Awesome. Albert and his siblings watch him knock his mom's teeth out Great. on one occasion. On another occasion, he watches his dad physically snap and break his mother's fingers yep. one by one. Not traumatizing at all. His dad also likes to bring home prostitutes to fuck in front of his children. Totally. Great. Who would? So how do you think... At Albert's least, gonna end up. At mm-hmm. least one of these kids one is of gonna these end kids. up. Mm-hmm. There's also a story Albert says about his dad like selling the children to like a farmer yeah. as like a like a like workers. Yeah, like yeah. a work child thing. labor. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert has a pension for exaggeration and lying. Mm-hmm. So his brothers actually said that that's not true. Okay. Um, and he and he said that like Albert's always been a storyteller. Ooh. You know, so. Do with that what you will. Albert says it happened. His brother said it didn't happen. Everyone's dead now. Who can you ask? Interesting. Um, So Albert, to deal with, I'm sure, these terrible feelings, starts torturing animals, Mm -hmm. starts stealing, which his dad taught the kids how to steal. Okay. So he goes in dad's uh, uh, influence and becomes a petty thief and Mm -hmm. criminal. He ends up spending a lot of time in and out of this, like, uh, like home for boys, like a group home for boys, which was just like a fancy way of saying juvie. Okay. Right. So um, he does that. He gets out. He joins the military, of course, because oh, they all join they all the do. military. Yeah, they all look for some kind of structure and that's the only place to find it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually he gets married. I don't go into all of this. Serial Killers goes into all of this. Mm-hmm. So you want to hear it? Listen to Serial Killers. Very great. He gets married. He's a major, I guess, for lack of a better word, sex addict. He yeah. demands sex from his wife five to seven times a day. And if she doesn't give it to him, he gaslights her and manipulates her and verbally, possibly physically abuses her into giving it to him. Okay. Five to seven times a day is a fucking lot. Like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like, just lay in bed all day. Just don't move. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Uh-uh. Um, they end up having some kids together. Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, they settle either in or around Boston. Yeah. I'm not sure where. Somewhere near Beantown. How is your dick not raw at that point also? I think it's just like a mania thing. I think like whatever disorder is wrong in his head just takes over. Yeah. I don't think that he's actually horny. Right. I think it's whatever is going on in his head. This is how Somebody he gets profiled him as being like a... I don't know the term, but something about basically a rapist who gets off on the power aspect of it. So I think that's what it is. It's a control thing. It's a power thing. Mm -hmm. Great. So back to him being the measuring man. He's sentenced to 18 months in jail. He's released after 11 months for good behavior. So now he's on a new crime spree. A new new spree starts. A new fun chapter. This takes place in Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, he dresses in green work clothes and he breaks into 400 homes Jesus. where he sexually assaults over 300 women. He likes to tie them to their beds naked. Dude, homeboy's getting around. Spread eagle, tied to the bed, naked spread eagle at knife point where he sexually assaults them wow. and dips. So this all starts to ramp up until eventually June 1962. His first murder victim is Anna 
I cannot say her last name. Slazers. Mm. Okay. Rest in peace, Anna. Um, this is, hold on, what does this say? Oh, she's 56. She's found dead in her apartment. She's been raped with an inanimate object. She's been strangled with the belt to her bathrobe. Police believe it's a suicide. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But one cop or detective that's on the scene looks around for a minute and yeah. sees that her apartment's been ransacked okay. and there's some like other clues on the scene that leads him to believe that at the very least it's a robbery gone wrong. So it started off as a robbery. Yeah. Something it took Ended a left. in a rape and murder. And murder. Okay. Right. So between then and August 5th, five more women are killed. Mm-hmm. And they're killed in almost the exact same way. Mm-hmm. They are in their own homes. They've been, le- everything I said before, left naked, yep. strangled, the thing around their neck, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Yep. More and more victims start popping up. Now the police figure that they have, that it's like the same dude, mm-hmm. right? It's got to be the same man. He's even leaving a fucking calling card with a little bow, bow. tied around their necks. Yeah. Um. So now they're looking for this guy, the Boston Strangler, and they're still looking for the person that they believe is the green man because they think it's two different people. Jesus. Okay. Right? Yep. Who would have time to do both? Yeah. <laughs> so since there's no sign of forced entry, they believe that the women are letting him in. So that means that they either believe that he, that they know him. Yeah. Or he's posing as somebody that they would let into their home, like a maintenance worker. Uh-huh. Like possibly a police officer, somebody like that. A measuring man. <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, do you want I mean, spoiler alert, homeboy confesses at some point. So when he talks to police about uh like getting in, most of the time he was a maintenance worker. Uh-huh. And it was always like I have to paint the kitchen. I mm-hmm. gotta check the windows. <clears throat> We're doing whatever bullshit. Yeah. It's the 60s. There's no like cell phones. There's no emails. Right. They just have to. They're just going to take him for his word. Absolutely. Um, and they're all and they all live in apartments. Yes. So a maintenance man being there would absolutely it's make not, sense. Yeah. They would think that the managers of the apartments had set up some sort of appointment. Uh-huh. And now the maintenance guy's there. Absolutely. I don't know when this started, but my husband was a maintenance man for apartments for years. And before you did any work on the apartment, even if it was an apartment that they had asked for work to be done, you had to like. Um, verify like 24 hours minimum in writing and if it was like something as simple as sometimes like every year they'd have to go around and check everyone's smoke detectors Mm -hmm. every single apartment got a note Mm -hmm. on their door we're coming in Saturday from 10 to 4 and we're checking smoke detectors correct so yeah I don't know when that happened it would be interesting to know if this maybe led to that type of yeah safety measures happening absolutely but absolutely not when my husband was a maintenance worker could he just go knock on a random person's door and be like i'm I'm here here for for maintenance like it does not happen that way anymore so the media goes nuts right they dub him the boston strangler Mm -hmm. they're freaking out women are freaking out they're warning the women don't let strange men into your home Uh step one Uh uh-huh Women all over the Boston area are putting in new locks, deadbolts. They've yep. got pepper spray. They got melee weapons. Some straight up move, which I respect the energy of moving. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this 
You asked me how many kids, right? Oh, Slenderman episode. There's our callback. Yeah, you're like, how many kids before you fucking leave? I'm like, two, two, and we're out. Yeah, how many dead women my age start popping up? Two dead bodies, two kidnapped children, two of anything, and we're fucking out. Gone. Mm -hmm. We're at our parents' house till y'all figure out who's doing this. Uh huh. So, yes, great. Turn the page. Turn the page. They bring in, first of all, they bring in some psychics. That goes nowhere. Oh, my God. Amazing. You just cleared that up for me. Love they, that. They bring in psychics that are full of shit. That That's amazing. I didn't even write down anything about the psychics because I read that it was Oh, I got a lot to say about the fucking psychics. They're basically like the psychics are, psychics are full of shit. So good. So then they also bring in an FBI profiler. Okay. Who basically says that this is the work of one dude, which was shocking because up until then they were still on the fence of one dude or, or multiple murderers. Okay. They weren't sure. It just seems like a lot of work for one man to be putting in, right? Uh-huh. Um, he's a sexual deviant. He's got like anger towards his mom. Like he's got mommy issues because okay. so far all the women that have been popping up have been middle-aged or older. He's targeting older, elderly women, like old women. Yes. Um. And that he's probably a psychopath who lacks empathy. Wow. It's like way better jargon that they use. I'm cliff notes here. Yeah, yeah. So the police also start looking for any man who's been released from jail or prison within the last however many months that was in prison as a sex offender or a rapist or whatever. Yep. The reason Albert flies under the radar is because I guess technically when he was put in jail as the measuring man because they I don't know if it's because they didn't have proof of the sexual assault or whatever he was in there for breaking and entering shut up so he wasn't registered as a sex offender or like I don't even think they did that back then but his record didn't show him as a sexual assaulter mm-hmm. or maybe it was the fact that he didn't rape anybody and he was just fondling people as the measuring man Who fucking cares and yeah. so they were only looking for rapists yeah but somehow there's some loophole that he flew under the radar of people that they were even looking at wow so now um and also the profiler said that he would be presented as like a normal man that if you met him on the street right he have, got out for good behavior yeah you yeah. Would have no idea he's probably a family man of course he probably has a full-time job yeah and that he's working these assaults, these murders, into his, like, normal life. Yeah. So if he's murdering somebody, he's either, like, calling in from work. He's taking a break from work. Mm-hmm. There's, like, he's fitting it into his schedule, basically. So it's, it's part of his routine. Yeah, and it's something that you wouldn't guess that it's not like he's missing from home for hours on end yeah, or calling in because sick to Because it's work. part of the day-to-day. Yeah. This is an average thing for him. Mm-hmm. So now younger women are also being killed all the way until the youngest woman that he murders, Marianne Sullivan, is 19 years old. She's found dead on January 4th, 1964. Same thing. Raped, strangled, left naked. This is his final murder victim. Okay. So the final's the youngest. Is the youngest. 19-year-old Marianne. Um, October 27th, 1964. He enters a young woman's home posing as a detective now oh we're stepping up our game he ties her to the bed he assaults her but he leaves he says i'm sorry and he leaves Mm -hmm. but she saw him Mm -hmm. so she gives a physical description to the police and that leads them to albert because he is a very like um 
you can pick him out of a crowd. Yeah. He doesn't just blend in with everybody. He, it's not that Is he, it because he's like handsome? No, or? he's not. You know what? He actually almost looks like a like an old school mafioso guy. But okay. He has enough like unique features. Mm-hmm. He's got dark hair. He's got kind of like a hooked nose. Yeah. Almost like um, Nick from New Girl. Who's mm-hmm. that? Love him. Jake Johnson. Is that his name? No idea. But anyway, I adore same him. Same type of nose. Yes. He, he looks... He's significant enough that you could pick him up. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. her description leads Helps. them to Albert, where they arrest him for breaking and entering and assaulting somebody. Yeah. And he immediately confesses to not only being the green man, but to being the Boston Strangler. So the police weren't even about to put this on no. him. He just decided. They arrested him hey, for what he did to that to one person, nameless woman in October. 64. And he just fucking lets loose, just floods. Hey guys, you think that's funny? Here's this. And I think he, I think he, um, I think he confesses to being the green man. And then he's like sitting in prison okay. and eventually confesses to being the Boston Strangler. Either way. He doesn't, well, yeah. that part's important. Okay. It's important to know that at first he only confesses to, to being the, the green man. Yeah. He sits in prison for a little bit. Okay. And then he confesses to being the Boston Strangler. So here's the problem. Okay. There, he knows a lot of details about the crime scenes of the Strangler. But there are some... Cons- there's actually quite a bit of inconsistencies in what he's telling them. But then, on the other hand, he knows a few details that only the Strangler would know. Okay. So they're still on the fence of whether or not he's even telling the truth. Right. And you had said that the siblings, like, he's a, an elaborate storyteller or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's no physical evidence yes. left behind by the Strangler. Right. There's no physical evidence Which to tie. Which seems fucking crazy. Yeah. No physical evidence to tie Albert. I mean, I bet you if he did these crimes the exact same way nowadays. Oh, of course. Obviously. But in the 60s, they they had nothing. Yeah. They got nothing. Yeah. And even if they had evidence, they don't have DNA testing. I know. So what are they supposed to do with it? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he can't be charged with the murders. Um but he can be charged with the breaking and entering and all the raping of that he did as the whatever uh-huh. green man, <laughs> right? The green man assaults. So can we just say that we played Candyland right before this? And you were yes, who? And I was the green man. You're the green and man. I demanded. I was like, I'm not playing Candyland with you unless I could be. Okay, who are you talking to right now? Because they think you're talking to me. Well, to Zoe. To my three year old. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, not gonna to right, right, because I walk in the door and you're like, we gotta play Candyland before we podcast. Yeah, I'm all. I've been promising Zoe all day that we could yeah. play Candyland with Auntie B. Mm-hmm. Now my Candyland board is very old. Um, it's been through three kids now, so I have some cards missing that I've made had i known there was a pina colada option i would have picked that so i've made some cards i think i have to i made the mr mint card and the lolly card which i got both of yep which is just me with a sharpie Mm -hmm. writing it into the square and then we've lost all of the gingerbread man pieces so we have a little jack skellington from a game that you got zoe for her birthday yep a little flower pot from a Nickelodeon game. I, I believe it's Cosmo and Wanda from the Fairly Odd Parents. I love that show. Yeah, but they're, you know how they always like hide? Yes. They're like, they look like a flower pot. Right. But it's Cosmo and Wanda. Mm-hmm. And then we have a Barbie doll pina colada. It's like a drink like I for said, when Barbie's had on vacation. I known. Mm-hmm. 
We have a chess piece, a miniature chess piece. Yes. I believe it's a knight. That is what was pointed out to us tonight. Yes. And then we have Mr. Green from the game Clue. Yeah. And it's like a little miniature Mr. Green uh-huh. with all of his little details. Yeah. So those are our Candyland pieces. And I demanded to be Mr. Green. And, and you now, got your wish. And, <laughs> right? Did I ever? Did I ever? Because now it's really paying off. You're the green man. Mm-hmm. More ways Measure me up. That's right. <laughs> so he spent some time in a psychiatric hospital. And they do some, like, you know, tests on him. And they they find him... Um, what is it? Uh, fit to stand trial, right? Oh, they he's, do. He's sane enough to stand trial. Wow. Okay. So he is sentenced to life in prison. Great. He goes to prison. He escapes a few times. He always, Amazing. He always comes back. And eventually, um, so he's sentenced in 1967. Yes. I believe he spends like six to eight years in prison okay. before he's eventually stabbed to death in prison by air quote unknown assailants. Ooh. So there are doubts that he is the one and only Boston Strangler. Really? First of all, people in his life do not believe that it's possible. Oh my goodness. Okay. I believe that he he has a history of torturing animals and a history of raping and assaulting. I mean, I believe he could do it. Yeah, I totally think he could murder some people, but they have their doubts. Dr. Robbie Roby of the mental hospital where he had stayed at um, basically says that not only does he think or they, I don't know if it's a man or a woman that they don't think that he's capable of those crimes. They believe that he has such like a need and a want for attention and for he would just say he did it to recognize mm-hmm. him and his actions that he would just lie about it. Awesome. Um, also, there's the whole thing about police just doubting that somebody could put in that much time, work and <laughs> effort into such a murder, sexual assault, raping spree. OK. A fellow inmate overhears another inmate kind of coaching Albert on what to say when he confesses and giving him details of the crime scenes. Okay. So who would do that and why? Well, B, there is a rumor that the people who killed him in prison were actually tied to the Boston Mafia. Oh. Apparently, when Albert was in prison, he got into, like, the drug-running prison ring. Okay. That was the table he chose to sit up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that the people who murked him were Boston Mafia, but they wouldn't kill somebody over the drug thing. However, the day before he was murdered, or maybe it was a couple days before he was murdered, he had called a meeting to his, I guess, team, for lack of a better word, his Mm -hmm. defense team, his lawyers, a doctor. And basically the theory was that he might have been ready to confess that he was not the Boston Strangler and he had been lying. And then the next day he got killed by people that they believe had ties to the Boston Mafia. Wow. So we're wondering, by we, I mean myself, I'm wondering if I don't know what he got into. I don't know how he got convinced or coerced Mm -hmm. or whatever. But that, because remember, he only confessed to being the green man. Right. He went to prison where at some point a fellow inmate overheard Mm -hmm. somebody coaching him on the details of the strangler's victims. He confesses to being the strangler with an 
inconsistent this stories. This is blowing my mind. I know none of this. This is totally irrelevant from my movie. The Crazy. idea of him calling people in to confess that he's not the strangler is just a it's just a rumor. It's just a theory. There's no concrete evidence. We do. He definitely called a meeting with people, but we don't know what Albert was going to tell them. Albert's dead. He can't tell us what he was going to tell them. Damn. But then he gets killed by people who, again, are allegedly rumored to have ties. And to like the we're talking Mafia. about, it's hard to find facts online and it's hard to find shit about the movie and right. shit just like everything about this case just seems really fucking off. So many people believe that it was either multiple killers or it wasn't Albert at all until July 11th, 2013, when Boston police finally announced that they have one piece of physical DNA that was found on Mary Sullivan's body. I believe it was on her jacket or something somewhere on her person's. And basically, they go through Albert's family to do all that, like, 23andMe bullshit, all that DNA stuff. Same way they found the Golden State Killer. And they can positively announce they don't know about the other 12 victims. But that that one. Albert's DNA on Mary Sullivan's body. Okay. So So that one. Do with that what you will. Um, that's That's the case. The mysterious case of the Boston Strangler. Albert, was it DeSalvo? Yep. So real quick, because I didn't talk about hardly any of the victims, let's do our RIP list. Anna, Elsa. Stop sl- it. I know. I just read that. Just of course now. you put that. In, yeah. Huh? Anna, Elsa, Slacers, 56. Mary Mullen, 85. Nina Nichols, 68. Helen Blake, 65. Ida Erga, 75. Jane Sullivan, 67. Sophie Clark, 20. Patricia Bissett, 23. Marianne Brown, 69. Beverly Simmons, or Sammons, 25. Marie Corbin, 58. Joanne Graf, 22. And Marianne Sullivan, 19. Here's to you, ladies. Rest in peace. God rest your soul. I'm so sorry again that you came in contact with one of the biggest pieces of shit on earth. Crazy. So there you go. Boston Strangler. Wow. Such a different take. And the way that the movie chose to kind of use the story in a way. I think they really. Because again, this is right after his sentencing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because you said it came out when? 68. So the year after he was sentenced. Yeah. Then the way that they twisted it, you'll be really intrigued, I'm sure. Go ahead and work on that. I'm trying, B. Well, I just want to top you off with ice and another beverage. But I will start with, do you have any idea the key players in my movie? No, but is it people I know? I mean, I recognized the names, but when I read the names, did I know who they were? No, but that's me. All right, hit me. So our killer, Albert... Is played by Tony Curtis. No idea. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis is dead, bitch. How? How How is this possible? Right? That's our queen. That's our queen bee episode 37, our 420, episode 17, our Halloween. That's our bee. Yep. That's our everything. That's our queen. That's our everything. And then um, our main like investigator, Mm -hmm. bro. Bottomley is his name, which <laughs> is played by Henry Fonda. 
Okay. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda's dead. Yeah. Another amazing human being. That woman Great. I fucking Jane live Fonda, for. Yes, I live we, for. We I'm Jane Fonda. Woo. Here's to you, ladies. Strong ass bitches. All right. So while I know nothing about either of their dads. I Still was fun. I was super stoked. They produced two badass bitches. And right, we've talked about Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, how she was the queen in Psycho. So it's yep. like, here we go. So your mom's in Psycho. Your dad's playing a killer. You are meant to She's be. She's the scream queen. She is the meant OG. to be. She has earned that title. She is everything. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So our movie, um, it does... The typical, like, based on true story, blah, blah, blah. They do state in writing in the movie, like, self-confessed killer. Okay. Albert. Um, But we start with, we see, like, an intruder. We don't get to see a face or anything. We see him, like, from the back mm-hmm. ransacking a woman's apartment. And it's clear that it's a woman's apartment because he's going through, like, scarves, shoes, handbags. Yes, and every scene, every apartment was <laughs> ransacked, but nothing was ever missing. Yes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he took maybe some stuff that they wouldn't notice, like some panties or something. Yeah. But for a place to look like a robbery had happened, all their jewelry was there, yep. all their money was there, nothing significant was ever taken. Right. In the background, we hear the news broadcasting, so it's kind of giving us what's going on in the time. And um, the camera pans across a dead body of a woman, an elderly, like, 50s, 60s woman. Now, are they showing nudity? Not yet. Oh, okay. Here, pass <laughs> me the cooler. I'll take care of myself. Okay. <sighs> Gracias. <sighs> Police arrive five hours later to find the body, which had been bitten and mauled, but not raped. Okay. And it appears nothing's been stolen. So elsewhere within the city, we have an apartment building. I swear to God, I feel like it was an apartment building full of single women. Like, okay. <laughs> it was like sex in the city all in one building. Because you've got these women who obviously have their routine where they all get together in the morning and they get their mail and they spill the tea. They okay. gossip and they talk shit about everybody. Does anybody ever knock on somebody's door for to, that they're leaving and coming, coming and going? No. All right. Mm-mm. Um, but it's clear that when they get to their gossiping, that one of the ladies is missing. Okay. And when they go to her apartment, the door is open. And they're like, they know so-and-so's not going to be leaving her apartment open. Yeah, and that's how a lot of the women were found was because somebody was supposed to be at their family at her family's house function. They didn't show up. They come <laughs> looking for her. A lot of it's neighbors because mm-hmm. it's apartments. Yeah. Then you become friends with your neighbors and you, apartments. You, you figure out their routines and something yeah. seems off. A lot of the times it's because something like that happened or they haven't collected their mail for the day. And mm-hmm. they're like, why is the... I was actually going to bring that up. One of them was definitely because the mail was collecting on the doorstep for and a day this- or two. And I was thinking of how much mail would have to collect on your doorstep before anyone came and found you. Because you'll leave Amazon packages on your doorstep for weeks. Absolutely. 
It would have to be yeah. such a crazy amount of packages before anybody even clued into it. Or not even that. Even if we get one delivery, like with the pond and shit, where our whole front door was covered, you'd think we were gone for months. Yeah. The amount of packages that got delivered so I that think it's one time. Yeah. Very sweet no. that they're like, oh, she didn't pick up her mail one day. Something mm-hmm. horrific must have happened. All right. They know their girl because they find that body. So both of the women between their 50s and 60s within a week of each other, both mutilated, um, each strangled with a double square knot. You said a bow, like a present. Yeah. That's all I could read online was Mm -hmm. was always like an intricate bow. So for me, double square knot, and I immediately I'm like, oh, my husband. I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a fucking Boy Scout. I was gonna say a Boy Scout thing. To know yeah, how to right. I'm like, of course, my husband's gonna know a fucking double square knot. Dude, my husband knows all the knots as well, and then he has this extension cord situation because he works with many extension cords. Yeah. He wraps it up in this weird way. They can plug into each other. No. Okay. He does our Christmas lights like that. Okay. Extension cords, he has to like use a lot. Okay. He wraps it up in a certain way so it stays. If you pick it up, it stays together. But then if you pull one end, it all unravels perfectly. It's so crazy. Witchcraft. (laughs) Or just maintenance man craft. Yeah, because I definitely, Nick's taught me like the wraparound and then you plug plug it it in. in. Mm -hmm. No, this is for people who have to grab it in a hurry. And go. grabbing Mm -hmm. The grab and go. The grab and go (laughs) or the unravel and go. So because everything like is ransacked, they're questioning maybe the killer's looking for someone or something. Okay. Right. So this is what they're going off of for now. The discovery of a third body really amps shit up because this is our first rape and it's with a wine bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. So a sex worker tips off the police to a John who has a strangling fetish. Okay. And they do go and track him down and they convince him to talk by threatening him with charges of adultery. And my ignorant ass didn't know that you could actually be charged for cheating especially back then right i had no fucking idea i don't know about and nowadays I think, in, I think in some states it still is i'm sure if you go to the deep south you could find it that shit blew my mind i'm, I'm like what like well and i don't know if this is true still in the deep south <clears throat> but as of us being young adults yeah like down in alabama and stuff sex toys were still illegal girl I just, it didn't even compute in my brain. Not us. I'm like, how is that possible? California liberal snowflakes. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. We've been buying sex toys for as long as we've been no, adults. So even though I'm recognizing that this movie's in the 60s, I'm like, fucking adultery was yeah. illegal. That blew my mind. Could you imagine? Like, what is, is there Spencer's in like Alabama? Right. Because you go to, like, my kids know. Not to go that deep. Not to go that far you, into Spencer's. Yeah. Because you'll see some shit mm, that. You don't want to not. Yeah. They don't know what it is. And you but, don't want to ask but mom. But they know mm-hmm. that it's not for that. For sure. So even though he does admit to like his kinks. He's like this guy's this not random a random dude. Yeah. He's okay. like this isn't. I'm not a killer. Like this guy's okay. not killing these people. And let's be fair. Choking in sex and strangling people to death. Like it's a legit fetish. Two different things. Right, exactly. So. But in the 60s, I guess it is very taboo and mind blowing. But this is kind of. This movie really takes it. 
<laughs> so our fourth victim is the first time where we see the killer gain entry into the woman's apartment. And he's telling them that he's a plumber or a painter or whatever mm-hmm. sent by the apartment manager, landlord, whatnot. Yep. Okay. News is now reporting a compulsive killer on the loose. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've discussed this before, and this was a good refresher for me because I had forgotten serial killers was coined in the 70s. Oh, so what do they call you, it here? So they don't. He's a compulsive killer. So serial killers don't exist yet. Three different victims in three different locations. Mm-hmm. Like not even three different locations, three different times. Yes. Because you could go and kill three different people in three in one different locations in one day and you're a spree killer. Right. It has to be three different places. Because the three first two times. were within a week of each other. And then now we're on to the fourth. So this is like over And let time. me correct myself. Not three different places because it could all be in your home. It could. Mm-hmm. Or in the same place. Yeah. But three different it's people, three different times. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a serial killer. So yeah, I don't remember. I wasn't able to figure out which episode where you originally brought this up. You were the one that yeah. pointed this out to me. But I did forget that it was in the 70s. It obviously existed prior to which because a lot of people want to argue about it online but fuck it we're gonna say it was coined in the 70s okay so yes a compulsive killer is on the loose and um this really gave me the vibes of episode 14 hey lover's lane yes okay right lock it all down lock it down fucking the sun's going down get it indoors especially if you have a vagina Mm-hmm. All the women are out, like you were saying, buying up all the weapons, all the locks, all the everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the town's mm-hmm. going into lockdown. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So very episode 14 vibes. And we get into this montage that I lived for. I love a montage. Okay. Where basically all men during this era were pigs. Yeah. Because police target all men doing all pervy shit. We have this whole montage. it's everybody. We have these, this montage <laughs> of men grabbing women under their skirts, oh, cat yeah. calling, peeping toms, you name it. This montage of just pervy ass white entitled men. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that men would still do, but we, we started calling them out on it. Yeah. No, but. As the we should. The fact that this movie is made. 1968 and they are they're basically making fun of these fucking men during this montage like look at these pieces of shit these douchebags attacking these fucking women and yet none of them are our serial killer well think of like every raunchy movie made or like raunchy comedy made up until very recently your american pies your animal houses Mm -hmm. your bachelor parties where it's like funny and accepted and applauded for men to like even like flip up women's skirts or right. like take their tops off or like grab their tits just like I and know. it's funny mm-hmm. but it, it is weird it was like a very like up until now like i don't think you could do that anymore yeah but who knows so i just i lived for this yeah and i want to mention right now this movie's fucking long i think it's like two hours wow so the first like hour maybe hour and a half i'm like eh, and then like the last one i'm like oh so just ride it with me <laughs> Ooh. okay our fifth victim 
67-year-old nurse sexually assaulted, strangled. Police are trying to make a connection. So I wanted to ask, a lot of these women were either nurses or worked in the medical field, formerly retired hospital. I have no idea. Okay. Nobody mentioned that on the podcast. Okay. And I didn't see anything in the articles about that. That being said, could be. Because police really try to like make a connection to that because the problem being is that all the killings are taking place in different jurisdictions. Oh, that's a problem. Because so, back then, police didn't work together. Absolutely. They're butting heads. Evidence is getting crisscrossed. Like, shit's just not adding up. And I will say that one of the people who had a problem with the idea that it was all one killer, their biggest problem was that they felt that the police were trying too hard to make connections. Oh. They felt that they were really reaching to find mm-hmm. connections in the murders. Hence the montage. Yeah. Any pervy dude, any pervy action you make that seems a little fucking kink, you're obviously the guy strangling women. Well, and I think what this person meant was that, like, they were trying to find too many connections between the murders themselves and the victims. Oh, but I feel like there's a lot of connection there. Mm -hmm. Like, how many people have to be strangled with nylons and left with a bow around their neck for it to be whatever? Yeah. Our sixth victim mauled bitten this one stabbed through the heart with a carving fork i was gonna ask you before if any of them got stabbed with a fork yes yes this is the one does get stabbed with a fork no sign of rape on this one but for the first time the killer had to break in because obviously women are catching on okay right seventh victim is the first of a lot of things First woman of color. Mm-hmm. She was African American. She was much younger. Yep. And she was the first that had roommates. Oh. Mm-hmm. So people are fucking panicked now. Yeah. Right? Because now it's like now nothing, he's breaking in. Uh-huh. Nothing makes sense anymore. Okay. And before it was like, oh, if he's if people are letting him in. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Right. But now that he's breaking in. And you can have roommates. Like, people are there watching your back. He still managed to get in while he, like, figured out their schedules. Right? He took the time to, like, figure that shit out. And the breaking in, very Gainesville Ripper. Boom, bitch. Very much. Mm-hmm. First episode. Love Nothing it. you can do about it. Love he's it. coming in. Mm-hmm. So, this is where we take a different tone in the movie. Okay. There is an interview between our main detective, Detective Bottomley. (laughs) I love that name. I know. And the interviewer asks, if there's any talk of getting these sick individuals, these killers help before they commit their crimes, like recognizing that these people need intervention early on, possibly preventing the tragedies, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's just that. It's talk considering 40% of our tax dollars goes towards killing. What? Yes, exactly. What? That was my main thing. What? My Yes. So my brain, I'm immediately like, what the fuck? So I looked it up. Apparently, during the 60s, there was this huge, like, protest over capital punishment and the amount of money that was being spent on executions. Okay, fair enough. Okay? Mm-hmm. Huge during this time. 
Mm-hmm. And between 1968 and 1976, there were no deaths, no executions in the United States. And the, is that like tied in, do you think, like to the hippie movement at all? Like uh, the whole probably. Free love. Probably. So he's talking about 40% of tax dollars going towards like these executions of these people, like just fucking get rid of them. Well, and back then too, the 50s, 60s, they were killing everybody. That's what I'm saying. Everybody. And I think that was back when they still had multiple ways of doing it mm-hmm. i don't even know if they had lethal injection yet so by the end of 68 going in towards like the later p- no Nothing. executions during that time yeah, because there was such then, a they were still hanging people mm-hmm. there was still fire firing mm-hmm. squads i mean i don't think in america but i will tell you the last guillotine death was in france and it was much later than you'd be comfortable with. I'm sure. It was in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. There's pictures of it. No, I'm sure. Which is crazy to wrap your brain around. Absolutely. So yep. that's why I took the time. I had the same response you did. Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I got to I gotta look into this a little bit further. And I will say, I mean, if it's somebody that you have rock hard evidence against and they've been like murdering lots of people or, or molesting children or whatever, fine. Capital punishment, great. But there's been so many falsely accused people who they found out after doing 20, 30 year bids that they were. And not only. So my senior project was a lot of the three strikes. Yeah. These fucking non violent criminals being treated the same as these fucking murderers for just getting popped for weed. Yeah. No, insane. And then the amount of money. We're spending as tax dollars. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. So then it makes you sickening. wonder when they're really going hard on those capital punishments, how many of those people were falsely accused and they were just so quick to green light those um, capital, whatever, capital punishments. And not only that, everything we've talked about in every fucking episode, all these, uh, the majority of these killers, it was clear early on they needed the help. They needed real professional And there help. was no money. There was nothing to help them. No There was nothing in the system to help them. And that's yeah. exactly what this interviewer is getting at. Like, Great. So, boom, here we are, 1968. And this is, we go from this pervy little montage where everything's like funny and kind of jokey to bam. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> where did this movie just go? Well, and I don't know if we'll ever be able to really tie it in to do the research properly oh god but there is also the thing about privatized prisons and and the high amount of it being black prisoners being modern day slavery Mm -hmm. that's how they're still getting work done for free or for cheap against prisoners will how many black people have been imprisoned that were either falsely accused or like we said, for just like bullshit charges that yeah. they shouldn't be doing the time that they're doing for it. And then they're out there back in the day on chain gangs, yep. nowadays manual labor, in fields, mm-hmm. in textiles, yeah. in whatever. And they're doing it for free or for basically free. Yeah. Against their will. And basically, there's a whole thing. Um, there's a great documentary on Netflix about it called... I'll look it up while you talk. But mm-hmm. there's a great documentary on Netflix about it and just basically how 
that modern day system was set up as a workaround of slavery than being illegal. Mm -hmm. They figured out a way how to make it legal. Modern day slavery to still exist. Let me look it up right now so I don't forget. So on a lighter note, I'll try to make it a little jokey then. We've got this conservative old bitch named Miss Ridgeway. And the reason it's funny for us is because we have a friend, last name Ridgeway, and we're hoping to tie that in to another episode at some point. Oh, that's really funny. Right? So Mm -hmm. little Miss Ridgeway accuses this local wealthy gay man, Terrence Huntley, of being the killer. Oh, but do we love Terrence? Is he the best? So... When cops go to check him out, he's like, of course she would say that about me. She's tried to fucking seduce me so many times. She's likely a woman scorned as I've obviously got no interest in (laughs) fucking her and like taking her in her advances. And not to mention at any time there is a crime of abuse or assault with no fucking lead or evidence Police are always going to pin it on a homosexual. Oh. Episode 34 with our badass Kitty Genovese. Hey. The neighbors afraid to talk to the police to even come to help her case. All that. Everything. Check it out. Because this is exactly Mr. Terrence's point. Like, of course, you've got nothing. Yep. I'm a wealthy gay man. Bring it. Yep. Yep. Fucking pin it on me. What do you got? Love she it. wanted to fuck. I'm better than that. Uh, okay. All right. I love it. I'm right. here for I the energy. Uh-huh. I'm here for it. So again, 1968 in this movie. I'm like, yes, bitch. Let's go, queen. Mm. Um, real quick, that documentary is called 13th. Great documentary Netflix. Of course. Because the 13th Amendment. Not only oh. that, 13 victims. 13. That's not what I'm talking about at no, all. No, I B. know, but I'm just I'm making the connection. Okay. <laughs> the real connection is because the Thirteenth Amendment, of course, is the amendment that abolished slavery. And that's what the documentary about is modern day slavery. It's called Thirteenth on Netflix. Great. Check there it out. Go. Fantastic. All right. Back to our wonderful wealthy oh. gay man, not here for her shit. Mm-mm-mm. And then our eighth victim. Case of wrong place at the wrong time, basically. Okay. She's coming home from a date. The man she's with walks her to her door. She goes in, closes the door, and immediately hears a knock. Assuming it's her date. Right. How would you not? Like, it's so quick because he's, like, basically, like, on the stairs. Like, in the shadows. Mm -hmm. He just happens to see this go down. And before she can scream, he's got a knife on her throat. She's fucked. Police bring in yet another suspect who I will kindly <clears throat> refer to as David Douchebag. Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> because Summer's Eve, if you will. Woman beating piece of shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> is such a bag of garbage that bottomly punches him in the face. Wow. Just will have nothing to do with him. Uh-huh. Just like you, not our killer, but a piece of shit. Who needs to be locked up for your own reasons? And the officers that are in there are like holding bottomly back like, bro, like that's police brutality. And we don't do that 
anymore and i laughed to myself in the 60s right i'm like okay. oh okay guys yeah right guys. we don't do that anymore i wish right. i wish that was a real thing that happened big ass eye roll for me on, but uh, yeah. <laughs> our ninth victim is our youngest which mary so they sullivan fu- they fucked up the timeline on yeah. that because she was the last 19 year old med student and um I don't know if they glossed over it or if somehow I missed something, but there was a broom comment. Yeah. As if. Yes. So did she get raped with a broom? Yes. Okay. And he left it in her. There we go. Because they all that they really said was like, I don't want this to get out to the press. Oh, like because it would be just chaos. They're like they can know the basics, but like we're not going to let them know. And in fact, um, Serial Killers, the podcast, does such a great job of describing and laying out that scene. Okay. Um, I really wanted to write it down verbatim or play them on our podcast so you can hear them describe the scene. But it's just best if you go listen. Yeah. Go listen. Right. Because I'm not sure how that works. Exactly. I mean, it's licensed material. Exactly. I'm we are... sure we're not allowed to play it live. Uh-huh. And then writing it down verbatim. One, I don't have time. Two, I don't know how the rules work. No, no, Best no. to just go listen. Yeah, just, they just describe check that it out. In part if that's two, something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Part one is all about Albert's life leading up to the murders. Perfect. Part two is all about the murders themselves. See, okay. great, great <laughs> podcast, great details, and they do a fantastic a chef's kiss job of describing the scene of Of i'm going to assume it's mary sullivan but whichever woman to be yeah which but i'm talking about in real life yeah because you said the movie kind of fucks things up yeah they muddle things Mm -hmm. but whoever it is in real life that gets raped with the broom handle and gets it left in her body they really go in okay they bring you all the details the movie did not (laughs) <laughs> well it's a lot yeah um but here comes our alcoholic psychic yes yes P- peter herkis <laughs> okay who i loved he really brought some flavor what's not to love about an alcoholic psychic All right so while sipping his jack neat oh a gentleman if you will he's fondling the evidence <laughs> okay he really needs to hold it to get his visions. Very, would you say, William Defoe and Boudin Saints? Oh, beautifully. Beautifully put. In our St. Patty's Day episode. Love Go that. listen to it. Please. And so he describes this man who's average height, weight, kind of just your average a, Joe. Yep, a Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. But he sleeps on a box spring, no mattress. Has a fetish for women's handbags. He likes to fuck them. Wow. He hates himself. Well, self harms. I think that's true. Washes of any himself of these motherfuckers. in the toilet. What? He's just making shit up. He's just going for it. <laughs> and he lives somewhere in Cambridge. <laughs> and fortunately Perfect. for him. What is he our talking next about? victim is in Cambridge. Yes. Our 10th victim is found in Cambridge. And police are confident, based on the psychic, that they've found their killer. 
Great. They go to the apartment of Eugene O'Rourke. He is the man described by the psychic. So here we go again. I believe it's like a case of a setup. Like he just he was known to be a fucking perv. He uh-huh. likes to fuck handbags. Really? He that admitted was a real to all thing? of all of all of the shit that the psychic just the just, bathing in toilets. Yes. The self hatred, self harm. Yes, all of that is accurate. But that's what he said. So when they're trying to arrest him for killing and doing these things to women, he's like, "Oh fuck no." I got no I got no hate against the women. The hate is against me. He's like, no, I hate my fucking self. He's like, I'm the one that needs the help. Right. So again, we know this is not our killer. This is just another what? sick individual n- needing medical attention. Yeah. So they sent him to a hospital. Okay. Okay. Eleventh victim is psychology student who works part-time at a local hospital. No forced entry, no rape, but the killer took his time to stab her breast repeatedly into the shape of a bullseye. Yeah, that really happened. Okay. Yep. Interesting. And so this really caught the police guards like off guard. They're like, interesting. So again, um, they find that she was writing her. her. It's so uncomfortable. Right. She's writing her senior thesis on male homosexuality so they they're like boom there we go it's see, a gay man see it's obvious we knew it we knew it all along exactly right pin it on him uh-huh um so i will say sometimes these details that i go oh yeah that did happen whatever sometimes i choose not to put it in yeah sometimes i forget it happened but in this case in particular and this does happen quite a bit is when I listen to these podcasts, podcasts that do these deep dives, it's in there. It's a lot. It's yeah. in the inertia of my brain. Yeah. It's in the gray matter of my brain somewhere. But then when I do my research, because the podcasts do such a great deep dive and they yeah. have like research teams and stuff, when I just do my bullshit garbage look up two articles in a Wikipedia, right. they don't mention that stuff. But I also find it interesting that movies choose to take these intimate details and tie them in. Well, and what it really could be, be is a case of like, especially these movies that are made so close to the actual crimes. Yeah. That might have been public knowledge. Right. And it might have been all over the newspapers right. as like a look at what this sick motherfucker did. Mm-hmm. And now that the decades have gone by and I'm just looking at quick articles about it it's faded into the background they don't talk about it yeah. but then you have a great podcast like mm-hmm. serial killers where they go into the because i did see that there's a place where you can look at the fbi files on the boston strangler and okay. it's the literal files okay i'm not doing that obviously shit. i'm not no, going through that obviously. shit but i'm sure a great podcast like serial killers did. would mm-hmm. yep i'm sure they did yeah. and they find these details mm-hmm. so that's why these details aren't necessarily in my stuff but then when you bring it up, I go, yep, that happened. I love it. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They said that. I just fucking yeah. never saw and it again. And if we're drinking to reoccurring things, that's my favorite part of the podcast. I know. You is, love it. I do. It's so much fun. Okay. So now we're on to JFK's funeral. Oh, my God. Yes. Procession. Yep. Okay. Yes, all of this is real. So everything <clears throat> is closed, right, in his honor. Mm-hmm. And this is when we are finally introduced to our 
actual killer. And like I'm saying, at this point, I'm like an hour plus deep into this fucking movie. Yeah. We've had all these teases and all these silly montages and all these fun facts, blah, blah, blah. And now we're getting to Albert. The JFK thing is very real. Yeah. It's a very important part of it the is. case. Mm-hmm. It has to be. And they can't believe because JFK, John F. Kennedy, is from Boston. I did not know that. So there you go. So he is from Boston. Okay. So not only does they the, took it so serious then. Yeah. Like it's the nation beyond. stopped because but Boston, of, of course, a president died. Of course. The world stops. But Boston because is standing still. A president has been murked mm-hmm. on live fucking television. So, yeah, that does happen. That is a big part of it, um, because I believe one of the victims is found the day after the murder or maybe of, of JFK or, or maybe it's just like. The chaos that ensues post JFK assassination mm-hmm. when everybody's at a standstill, especially Boston. Yes. The nerve mm-hmm. that somebody would kill some, <clears throat> would commit a murder, take the attention off that, do that. Yeah, that Not really that. happens. But here we have a loving father. Ooh. His daughter is sitting on his lap. As they sit and they watch together. And he cries. His wife in the background making a beautiful dinner. Mm -hmm. His son playing. I want to know if he cries. He did not cry. Because Albert is, makes it a point. That he cried. When they talk about why the fuck would you, you know, when he's confessing to police, why would you kill somebody when all of this had happened with JFK? And he's like, did I? He's like, I can't imagine I would do that. I was at home watching it with my family and crying okay. yep. over the death of our president. Mm-hmm. But I guess if it happened, yes. I must have. And okay. I didn't realize. So and what the movie was does depict him remembering things that way, which we'll yeah. get into. And but at this point, yes. at this point, no, his he like I said, daughter on the lap. They're watching the whole thing. But he excuses himself. Mm. He has them some things to go do again while the town is at a standstill. He has errands to run and his like I'll be home by dinner. Yeah. Very sus. Very sus. Okay. All right. So we get to see him enter the 12th victim's apartment by telling her that he was sent by the landlord. And she's hesitant, obviously, because one, there's a fucking killer on the loose. Mm -hmm. Two, the landlord never told her she was coming. And three, it's the fucking funeral and the town is at a standstill. Like, how are you the one person that just happens to be working today? Does she make a Boston Strangler joke? No. Oh, damn. There is a woman, there is a victim um, who is very hesitant okay. to let Albert in mm-hmm. and actually very much not like me because I'm not letting anybody into but my in house. But in my style. But like you. Like me. Who would have let him in. I would have made a joke and would have been like, oh, yeah, bro, let me make you a sandwich. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she makes a joke like. After being hesitant, she goes, you better not be the Boston Strangler. Yep, that would be me. <laughs> Absolutely. That would. Yeah. That that's would, how B would go out. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's me. And that's how I'm dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she invites him in. 
And um How old do you think these Skittles are? Think they're still good? Like a month. I mean, do Skittles go bad? I can't. No. Mm -mm. I got to eat my emergency podcast Skittles, guys. Because as you know, your girl, type 1 diabetic, low blood sugar. But these have been open for like at least a month and a half. So wish me luck. The next woman targeted. They're perfect. I'm sure. It's like I just opened them. Oh, my God. I love it. There's so so many preservatives in there. There's so many. (laughs) We should put, what is it? Is it the McDonald's burger? That we're just leaving out here. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a Twinkie. I think they say Twinkies it happens oh, too. Of course. Twinkies are like cockroaches. They will last. Forever. Mm-hmm. All those delicious, delicious preservatives. Love it. Um, is Diane, who happens to be an apartment manager. Okay. So he has to break in. He can't pretend like, oh yeah, the manager sent me. You are the fucking manager. Hilarious. He's, this is the victim that gets tied to the bed. Okay. All right. So naked, he's just about to like really start to abuse her when he catches a glimpse of himself in a bedside mirror and freaks the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And this gives her the opportunity to like put up a fight. Okay. So like he beats the shit out of her, but she manages to get out of the restraints, right? She's no longer tied to the bed and she bites him. Nice. Right. Breaks skin. Yes, girl. Uh-huh. And Get she, it. And he's out. He bounces. Mm-hmm. Right. So she is in the hospital recovering from her night, obviously, but pretty much has PTSD and like can't actually remember anything. So very much unlike our real victim mm-hmm. who was able to ID him and like yeah. set everything into motion. This victim cannot id him understandable all she can remember is the bite okay that's it she's like i know i bit him i know does he get identified by the bite mark yes love it mm-hmm. and you would think that maybe that would slow him down but nope the next house he goes into that he tries to break into the apartment sorry he fucks up big time because there is a man home uh oh! And the man chases him right into fucking cops. Yeah, arms. he fucking does. And again, just like you had pointed out, he is arrested on burglary charges or like breaking an entry. Well, because he didn't do anything in that case. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So at this point, it is only breaking an entry, and the court deems him not able to stand trial. So that was a big surprise to me. Um, the judge is like, nope, and commits him to a city hospital for observation. I mean, that might be true of Albert because he does end up in a mental hospital. Oh, okay. Right. So who knows? Okay. But yeah. So somehow our detective Bottomley is the one who has to transport Albert to this hospital. Mm-hmm. And he immediately notices the bandage around Albert's hand. Okay. And he starts piecing things together. Mm-hmm. But by the time he realizes what's going on, Albert is already in the hands of this doctor. Mm-hmm. And the doctor has deemed like he's got multiple personality Aww. and this and that. Also could be related to our mommy drunken dearest and a whole bunch of other fucking killers. Yeah. Disgust. Um, but so the doctor's like, no, absolutely not. Anything he tells you can't be trusted. 
So you might as well just give up now. Mm-hmm. So this is like the doctor I mentioned, the doctor Roby or whatever. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so the cops at this point, even though they have receipts, they can place him at every scene of every crime based mm-hmm. on what he was doing that day. We got no evidence. We got no real fucking evidence because there's no DNA. There's no fingerprints, like all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So the doctor's basically like, look, you might as well just realize that him being in this hospital pretty much for the rest of his life is just as good as if you try to take him to trial and he's, you're not going to have the evidence to actually put him away. Okay. All right. So Bottomley's like, fuck it. I'll concede to that. But for my own peace of mind, like, I need to know that he did this. So wait, has there been no mention this whole movie about the green man? None. And all the the sexual assaults? None. I just realized that. I'm like, wait. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Perfect. Mm Mm-mm. So... Bottomley gets to interview Albert, mm-hmm. even though he knows anything that's said cannot Doesn't be. matter. Nope. Mm-mm. It's just for his own benefit or whatever. Albert's wife's a fucking trooper. Oh. Totally believes Albert's like, okay. Okay. She's like, I don't know what's going on. This seems fucking crazy. Just like you said. Right. Brings the kids to see him, everything, until Albert decides to choke her one day. <laughs> during visit, yes, during visitation. Uh huh. No, now the real Al, the real Mrs. DeSalvo, had put up with his sexual deviance for long enough, mm-hmm. and put up with his bullshit long enough, whilst bearing him children and yeah. being, I'm, I'm sure, you know, probably. A, a great mom or at mm-hmm. least a mom that um <clears throat> that's actually the excuse that Albert gave for all of the sexual assaults and all the rapes was because his wife couldn't please him six seven eight times a day okay so he's gotta get his yeah somehow so and this Albert does so he acts as if he doesn't remember any of this he doesn't remember choking her any of it even though the police saw her Mm -hmm. the doctor saw her everything he's like no this is my wife she's setting me up this all makes sense to me now it's because of her that I'm in here I was gonna say the real Albert's wife had actually put her foot down Mm -hmm. and was like no motherfucker we're not doing this shit anymore I'm not doing this with you and that had led him to No, I really get feel like the movie just went off the rails at this point with mm-hmm. fucking Albert, right? But anyways, um, so finally, I don't know what Bottomley does, but he gets Albert to actually get through to these real memories. And it happens to be, I believe, the 10th victim, the JFK victim mm-hmm. that he really recalls vividly and he like gives this fucking performance of a lifetime very Willem Dafoe-esque oh, performance still. where he like reenacts the killing and the whole thing mm-hmm. and this we get flashback of boobs okay and I was impressed 
right? We get stabby boobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for a 1968 movie, stabby boobs for That's me. That's a lot. And it was like a couple times. And I'm like, wow. So you had asked about the nudity. This is go. where the stabby boobs, they are in his flashbacks, where he's talking about what he perceived happened that day, but we're seeing what actually happened and the whole thing. And that- as we had mentioned in our... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode. Oh, shit, girl. Is that Bring Ed it. Gein? Ed Gein? Gein. That Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first movie to really be ticketed with like hardcore violence. Dude, they brought it so hard. So fucking hard. But look at them. Yeah. A few years before that, mm-hmm. we got stabby boobs. We That's got, good. We got stabby boobs. And I don't know that we've ever talked about it, but I have a murderopoly. Yes. That I made with my friends and my husband and finding the image we wanted our go like our starting square to be a picture of a girl running topless covered in blood like Uh stabby boobs yeah and it was surprisingly hard to find and we felt really creepy googling it over and over and over again (laughs) and so we found you should see my perfect image to download search when i do this shit oh Crazy. Uh, right. And imagine the amount that I do at work. I know. <laughs> Could you imagine if you get fired from this career that you are so successful at? And <laughs> because some bullshit HR person comes in and goes, what? Okay, so I was going to gloss over this because it's, it's kind of a big deal, but it's not because we didn't talk about our work weeks. I got nominated for like a council chair yes you did type. i'm like what yeah you did girl because so- <laughs> you're a boss bitch queen energy so yes i have been thrown into some fucking nomination because i am i'm do already get, what do you get a prize an award what is it so i'm already part of what's called a ca council right i am a client associate i'm a senior client associate so I, once a month i get on a call and i get to vent the frustrations of all the other people that do my job to like higher ups. Okay. Right? Perfect. So right. they tell you about it and then you Correct. tell they the can other guys call about me it. or send me emails like what the fuck? And I'm like, girl, I get it. Like this new system sucks and whatever we're having issues with, all I right. then get to be that voice on this monthly call. Love it. And I've been doing that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Right. So this nomination is like you've been doing that role for so long uh, now i'm nominated to be one of the people that leads those calls so instead of being a voice on the call i would actually be one of the people on the call. now what do you get for doing that do you get more money that part i don't know yet this week i've just been presented with like you've been nominated for this so what they did give to me it's like i've been nominated for the options of like going to our actual headquarters whether it be in st louis or um i think we've got another one in like the north or south carolinas (laughs) and you're like no thanks (laughs) no no like exactly and i'm just like you're gonna deal with flying and your terrible sense of jet lag to go work all right so again i'm perfectly happy to be the voice of my people and vent their frustrations <laughs> i love it because yeah. i really like to argue on behalf yeah as you should 
I'm really good. And you can empathize with what they're going through. But yeah, whether or not I want to be like a leader on these calls and like go and visit these places and do these things for whatever incentive they intend to provide to me that I haven't even considered. But that. All right. Well, good job. Yeah. Because you're a hard worker Mm -hmm. and you deserve whatever you're nominated for. I'm not a big fan of promotions that only include more work. Right. Believe More work and money. Great. Always. Mm-hmm. More work for, for a gold star and a at a girl. Exactly. You can or keep like it. A, an extra title. Or, yeah. You mm-hmm. can keep it and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Exactly. Give it to, you know, old sourpuss next to me. She would love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Great. Fantastic. I don't even know what you're we talking about. I don't either. Anyways. So <laughs> finally, after what feels like a bajillion years. We get through these fucking interviews. Bottomly is convinced that they've got the strangler locked yeah. down in a mental institution, right? So he's he's satisfied. Uh-huh. Okay. Bottoms and, usually are. And we cut to a message on the screen. Albert DeSalvo, presently, right, 1968, is imprisoned in Walpole, Massachusetts. Where he's never been indicted or tried for his involvement in the stranglings. So that's mm-hmm. got to be inaccurate. No, that's true. Because they have no evidence about him in the stranglings. Okay, he's only in there based on the... the well, the problem is is that your movie didn't bring up all the fucking green man assaults. No, that's what I... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in real life, he did prison time for the sexual assault and the breaking and enterings as the green man. Yeah. But no, he was never in prison indicted for, for any of the stranglings. the stranglings. Okay, so that was okay. But if you don't mention the other stuff in the movie, then mm-hmm. it just feels like why is he in prison? For what? But so I just read that based on the assumption that he was in like a mental institution because he's oh, is crazy. he in a mental hospital in the movie? Yeah. No, in real life, he ended up in a prison because he was found mentally fit and competent right. to stand trial. He did stand time in a mental hospital, but not for very long. Yeah. So, but more important, this is how they really chose to end the movie, and this is like verbatim. This film has ended, but the responsibility of society for the early recognition and treatment of the violent among us has yet to begin. And I just thought that that was like such a strong comment for a movie in 1968. Yeah. Right? Like for that to just be like their ending dig. Right? Uh, and the fact that it's so applicable to today. I absolutely. Just blew my mind. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Great job. Yeah. It's kind of like the people, for instance, um, who always want to be like pro-military, pro-veterans, pro-America, mm-hmm. but they want to put zero funding into mental health services right. or services for the homeless, which are a All large, very tied in. Mm-hmm. large percentage of... Um veterans who have PTSD issues or mental health issues that never got treated. Yep. Exactly. So good job. Great movie. How was, what was your rating? Three. Okay. Because. Three knives. Even though I find a lot of inaccuracies 
the fact that it was a 1968 movie mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it as much as I did, the the wokeness of it. That's very surprising. I yeah. was super shocked by. Mm-hmm. It was like two fucking hours. The cast was surprising and that was an after fact right yeah i had already rated it before i even looked at the cast that's Mm -hmm. just a little cherry on top yeah Mm -hmm. no great three out of five knives not bad no uh uh-uh way better you've given out a lot of ones and one i gave snowtown a one so Snowtown a one, all the um, Slendermans a one. Yeah, but this is a three. I believe you gave John Wayne Gacy a one. Mm-hmm. I'd give this a three. All right, solid. What's mm-hmm. your look of the week? So I've got the working boots in a lot of the scenes. He's got his pants tucked into his boots. He's wearing like a pea coat type of a jacket mm-hmm. situation, and he's got a beanie on. Um, so I've got all that that I stole from my husband, and then basically just like a workman's bucket. Yeah. I did bring a ruler because for some reason in my movie, like the times that he broke in, it was significant that he had a ruler on him. Like, oh, you've got a ruler on you. You must be breaking in with that. And I was like, it's a fucking ruler. Yeah. Like, like I could be using it for work. It's and that- very <clears throat> weird because first of all, the real Albert. Maybe that's their tie into the measurements. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah. The real Albert never broke into the people he killed. He never broke into their houses. They always mm-hmm. let him in. Mm hmm. And then, yeah, it could be tying him into the measurement, the measuring. And then man. just bring that up. Yeah. But also, that's not what you use to do those type of no. measurements. He's doing like body measurements. Yeah, no, this this is a fucking ruler. So that's. It's just like a weird Easter egg this side to put uh-huh. in there because he was the measuring man or whatever. I guess. Man. Uh-huh. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's my outfit. And so then, what are we going to take pictures of? You trying to get into my house? Absolutely. I want yeah. you to be like cracking the door open like okay. peeking out and seeing me so another another instance where my husband has to be our photographer that'd be great okay mm-hmm. yeah fantastic that'd mm-hmm. be fun and i'll have my little workman bucket peeking hey. in through the door with my love ruler. it mm-hmm. great should we talk about married at first sight at we all? can for a second if you guys want to stick around if not we love you we appreciate you our and, instagram is yep. thc podcast um that's the only social media i do so good luck with that and if you could give us a rating like, rate, subscribe. Yeah, because we still have half a drink to go. We, can we still have half some- a drink. We can talk about a little bit of Married at First Sight. We're keeping it real low-key because I have to be up early tomorrow. So we're just chilling. But if you don't want to listen to Married at First Sight, I don't blame you. Right. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week. So Married at First Sight, we're on season 11. Uh-huh. Let's go over their fucking names. I'll give you the nickname. You want to try to name the couple? <clears throat> Yeah, but I mean, I, I think I'll know some of them because I, I would watched hope it. so. Let's but see. I don't know that you pay attention to the names as much as I do. Yeah, maybe not. We'll see. Right. So Miss Sugar and Spice with Serial Dater. Okay, so Miss Sugar and Spice is the white lady with the brown hair. <clears throat> Olivia. Olivia. I knew her name was Olivia, and yep. then I was doubting myself. Olivia. Mm-hmm, with- and I ended up liking her more than I thought. I thought she was going to be uptight, and then I ended up liking her. I believe more than her husband. Yep. I don't like her husband yep, at all. Brett, He's my least favorite husband. Yeah, Brett's got some issues. He's got a weird nose. Mr. Life of the Party and Miss Calm, Cool, and Collected. Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Life of the Party. Calm, Cool, and Collected. Life of the Party is Woody. And I can't remember his wife's name. Amani. Um, Amani. Because I always want to say Armani. Of course. Amani. Amani. Amani and Woody, my Fucking everything. Couple. Amani like and, they were made for this show. Amani and Woody and the other couple are my yeah, the favorite golden couples. couple. They're the best. 
the reserved gentleman and the princess bride. That's the couple I hate. That's the dumb bit. Oh, sorry. I can't say that on the podcast. That's, that's the awful a, person. Right? She is the worst. The worst. Easily one of the worst people that's ever been on Married yep. at First Sight. The, the production Just crew. a mega bitch. Oh, they hate her so much. Oh Everyone God. hates her. His, her husband's so fucking miserable. And I get why she's frustrated because she too. hates him because do he doesn't too. talk ever. But he's probably fucking terrified. Right? He's probably terrified to say anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Mr. Young and Ready with Miss Reservations. Um, that's the other couple. That's like what I think him and Woody are friends. In they real are life. best friends in real life. Yep, it's Miles and Karen. Yeah, Miles. And, oh, that's right. That poor the, woman's name is Karen. You may kiss your Karen. What was that? You may kiss your Karen. When they got that married, was Mother's guys, Day. Instead of saying you can kiss your bride, or you may kiss your spouse, or you can kiss each other. You can kiss your Karen. That's her name. Yeah. So Woody is 30. Amani's 29. Miles is 26. Oh. And that's Karen's problem because Karen's 30. So that's one of their issues. Karen has a lot of problems. She reminds me a lot of the virgin from like, what, two seasons ago? Yeah. Where she's very like, it's one thing to be reserved, but she's not like warm or affectionate. Uh, or no, like, I'm hoping she's like a Greg and Deanna. It takes her a while. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Because I love him. He's great. I agree. Him and Woody, fantastic. I agree. And then the other golden baby Our favorite. is Amelia and Bennett. Which is what? What's the driven dreamer. Because she's a fucking medical doctor. Doctor of so- science. Doctor. Doctor of I don't know. Who knows? And then the romantic thespian. Crazy. They are the craziest, like dorky hippie the fact couple. that they knew each other because they run in the same circles because it's probably a pretty small circle of yeah, like of artsy them. hippies i mean they're so perfect for each other they are I can't meant to be that they both i can't believe they signed up for the same season <coughs> i know could you what imagine? are the odds could you imagine if they got matched with other people? Like I they're picture, so meant to be. I picture the producers seeing them both and being like, done, done, done deal. deal. We don't have to interview them. Just put them together. They're perfect for each other. And I didn't think I was going to like them as much as I do. No. Especially her. She's my new bae. She, I love her so I much. I can't. I know. I, we need to be best friends with her because she's everything. I love her personality. I love... I you know what it is? I like it when people are not what you expect them to be. And the minute I found out that she's like a doctor. Like you said, when we were drunk, basically just like high watching the show, we're like, oh, based on her wedding day, because like she a had a bird in her hair. We're like an art teacher. Yeah, exactly. We're like, oh, she works at a daycare. She must be in childcare. She must be like an you know, something very elementary, very like childish. And it's like, no, she's a fucking doctor with her life together yeah Uh she can parallel park she lives in a mansion well with like a thousand roommates but but yeah fat house she has her own like she makes her own jewelry that she sells yeah so besides she's got a nice car doctor yeah uh uh-huh she has like her own hustle side business she's incredible incredible and i thought it was funny because her husband bennett you can tell he's very sweet and he's very kind you can tell that he's a big fish in his circle that everyone like really gravitates towards. Deal. Yeah. And I thought it was a very interesting reality check for him to be with her. Cause at first when they're married on the honeymoon, it's like, Oh, she's just like me. Yeah. And then they get to real life and she's like, no, no, no. 
here's my PhD. Here's right. my fat house. Here's my car. And he's, he's like, like oh, he's like, oh, shit. here's my shed. I that drywalled I in the yeah. backyard <laughs> of my friend's house. I have to go to their house to pee. Uh-huh. So I just thought it was and kudos to him and his ego he took it all in stride oh of course he's fine with it but i did think it was very interesting that yeah. she is totally you know she's a what like an oxymoron a little bit a bit of a conundrum yes love them they're great together so another so while we're talking about them just a few favorite moments for me on their honeymoon they built a fort and they're telling stories right mm-hmm. and he's he's gushing like putting his heart out on the line and she falls, <laughs> she falls asleep, asleep it's the best. twice it's the best and I'm like, that is me. That is so fucking me. Yeah. And I loved every minute of it. And again, he took it like a fucking champ. Yeah. It was incredible. And then when all the couples have their first like party night, like where they bring yeah. their friends over, every other couple did taco night. Every- <laughs> You're about to get into Ben's favorite part of the show and every he was other couple by. did taco night with like truth or dare or like have i ever or and whatever they had like toppings for the tacos and everything separated yes these motherfuckers had lo mein out of a cardboard of box big box of lo mein. a box of lo mein and painting yeah they had a wonderful piece of art made by all of their favorite friends yeah and it fucking warmed my heart Nothing to a level. Nothing made me happier than all of their party guests having bowls of blooming out of a box and then fucking adding googly eyes to a piece of tapestry yeah, that was going to go on their wall in their living room. It's so cute. They're everything. I love them. Yeah. I love them. And I will say it's so funny because like, uh, you know, bride wise, like wedding day wise, the other brides, I mean, of course, it's their wedding day, but they are so, they're just made up to the thousandth degree. Mm-hmm. Hair and makeup and dresses and all of this. She was so casual. She barely had makeup on. She was so authentic to herself. She looked the prettiest. And she, she did. She just looked very comfortable. Because that's the other thing is that the other brides look very uncomfortable in their dresses. Yes. She was super comfortable. She was chilling. Yes. She looked like she was just having a good time. Absolutely. I love it. I'm here for it. So... We'll circle then back to the top. So you like Olivia. I do too. I think she's pretty cool. I mean, she's not my favorite, but I do like her more than I thought I was going to like her. So a lot, again, to tie it into our fucking podcast episode, the real shit, a lot of these people are in the the medical field. Yeah. A lot of them are either nurses or consultants or whatever. A lot of the boys have expressed concerns over Brett. They didn't like the way that he acted at their bachelor party. Right. And then his Which Irish goodbye. Correct. We should go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, now, the Irish goodbye... We, I, I get it. I, I do yeah. Irish goodbyes. Of course. All, all the time. The time. No, all no. the time. I will leave mid-conversation just walk away. But that's what I'm saying. I just want to point out, like, a lot of the boys, like, they got a weird vibe off of Brett. Yeah. And then again... Christina, who we don't care for, she also got a weird vibe off of Brett. Yeah. So. I love Woody's facial expressions when Brett's saying anything and he's always like, this motherfucker. I know. It's the best. I know. So then we'll go to Woody and Amani, the other. They were meant to be. They're so sweet. They were put on. They are lobsters. I love them. The way that they look at each other, it's crazy. 
I know. I, th- I have such a crush on Woody. He's so like sweet and funny. I didn't like the hair thing. But the, the way that they were able to work they through worked it. They worked it out. I agree. But it felt no like one... he was pulling shit out to cover his tracks. Yeah. Because he realized he fucked up and he couldn't just say it. So then he was like, well, really, it's about my ex-girlfriend that this, this, and this. Like, that has nothing to do with what you just yeah, said. Yeah, I know. You're just trying to cover it up. But so far, besides that one hiccup. But I mean, I'm your husband doesn't care for you to dye your hair either he would never stop you from doing it but it's just like it's such a guy thing it's so stupid yeah but it's just a weird way he put it absolutely and you could tell cal was like i'm not fucking touching this cal's facial expression was so funny he's like "Mm -mm, you just fucked up brother i am not touching it so henry and christina the fact that the producers have had to step in so many times mm-hmm. or even the way that they bring the the crew in like well you might as well just give us questions because it's not like we have anything to say to each other or it just i know so when the when the crew's not there do they just not talk to each other i don't get it so it's, this couple you it guys hurts me the, it's so awkward it brings me physical pain <sighs> know, every too. time they come on the the woman is not the nicest person no the the, man- she's called the princess bride is extremely quiet and introverted and she just railroads him. Yes. And I understand that she wants more from him, but he's probably fucking terrified because anything everyone that- has told her over and over again, like it takes so much time to break through this guy. Like we all thought this about him when we first met him, but months later, years later, he's been my rock. He's been my this. He's been my that. Like, so many people have come and told her this. And she's just like, no, I need this right now. I want it this way. I do understand where it's hard. Like, if the producers are expecting something of them and they're constantly going to her, like, yeah. we need this, this, and this, I would be like, no. Why aren't you asking him? Yeah. Why are you only asking me? Yeah. Like, let's do a 50-50 split here. Yeah. But, yeah, the way she goes about it is so cunty. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. No it's one's going to do awful. anything that you're trying to get them to do that way. So the last episode I watched was him walking off. He's like walking they get into a fight. And yep. He walks down the hallway. Okay, yep. Yeah, I'm past that episode. OK, mm-hmm. that was my last episode, man. So so far, actually, there hasn't been too much drama. Most of the couples are getting along fairly well. Mm-hmm. The um, Olivia and her husband, he's a real piece of work. Their issue is over money. Because she makes enough money that she can go out and do nice things. And she makes way more money than he does. Correct. He does not make that kind of money. And on top of that, he's very frugal. Yeah. The money that he does make, he wants to set aside. Yeah. So they're going to have real hard time. And his whole personality is that he owns a house. Like mm-hmm. all he cares about is the fact that he owns a house and she goes to the house and she hates it. Hates and it's it. my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> hates like, it. This piece of shit house. And he's like, all he wants is for her to like his mm-hmm. fucking house. Like, I get it. It's mm-hmm. cool. But to be fair, her house is awful. The antiques and the pink bathroom. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. But her house is a rental. So she can move out of that motherfucker whenever she wants. Mm hmm. So. Anyways, yeah. So other than that, yeah, he's pretty toxic. We don't like him. We don't like, like we just said, the what is it, the Princess Bride and Correct. Mr. As it? for Miles, I feel like he was super genuine with Karen about his depression. Yes, thank you. I was like, was it 
bipolar. No, no, he's yeah, depressed. Depre- yeah, the depression. depressed. Mm-hmm. I like the way that he handled that. Mm-hmm. I think he was very upfront. I like him a lot. I think I like Karen's going to be a problem. I agree. No, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. He's going to need some sort of affection at some point. Yep. It doesn't mean that they have to sleep together, mm-hmm. but you got to be at least like a little warm towards your husband, just uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at least um, one of the episodes I watched, he had commented at like 12 o'clock, 1230 in the morning. She fucking made him straight up like baked salmon. I did think of yeah. you because she cook cooks. Yeah. She really cooks. Yeah. I was like, oh, B's going to love her because she finally, cooks. finally. That's so funny. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Our other podcast is back. We got another season to get through. We were really invested in Woody and Amani and Amelia and Bennett. Yep. I don't see. Honestly, I don't see the other three couples making it. But Absolutely. who knows? There's nope. always some sleepers. Mm-hmm. We never know what will happen. Maybe they'll get closer together. Like what would you say? Who was your favorite couple from that season? Um that you're hoping Karen's going to be like? De- is it Deandra? Uh, Deanna. Deanna. Yep. And Greg. Mm-hmm. They were a sleeper couple. And now you they got a You thought for sure baby. they weren't going to make it. And, and they now made they got it. a baby. So you never know. One of these couples might make it through. But right now we're hedging our bets on Amelia and Bennett. And our Woody and Amani. Amani and Woody. All right. That's Married at First Sight. It's season 11. Oh, and then have you seen a commercial for Married at First Sight and Matchables? No. They've got a fucking show for the people that the did rejects. Shit. Yeah. I'll watch it. It's called Unmatchable, so we gotta find that shit. Well, and Ben was telling me that there's like the one in Australia, I don't know if it's every season or just a certain season, but it's almost like C-list celebrities. Like oh. YouTubers and influencers and like he said the whole thing is obviously so set up and so staged, but they do it. It would be oh. like if Who's that guy? Jake Paul? Is that a guy? Uh, yes. If, like, yes, if Jake is. Paul was on there with, uh, I, I don't know, yeah. name a person. Name a female. You know. Liza Koshy? Sure. It'd be sure. like if they were on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be crazy. I know. All right. So that's Married at First Sight. That's your true crime, your movies. Follow us on THC Podcast on Instagram. Like, rate, subscribe, listen next week, and we love you, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.